0: An entire museum exploring how the, the book that has shaped and continues to shape history, the one book that is the Bible, uh, an entire museum all about the Bible to learn more about that here on faith and family thanks to our friends at concordia university wisconsin and their support of faith and family on kfuo find out more about them on our website kfuo.org look for cuw concordia university wisconsin in the sponsor section joining me by phone this morning jeremy burton he's director of communications for museum of the bible jeremy welcome to faith and family Hey, good morning! Glad to be with you. A pleasure to have you with us, and excited about the uh, the big event coming up in just uh, what uh, just under two months coming up in November. The Museum of the Bible uh, opening its doors in Washington D.C. Uh, Jeremy, tell us uh, a little bit about um, what you're excited about with this this new venture, Museum of the Bible.
1: We are we are just excited to throw open the doors to the world. Um, so we we have our dedications on the 17th of November, and we actually opened to the public on the 18th. And it's just it's been uh, many many years in the making. Um, our, our entire staff is excited um, to just show off show off what we have and and what we've been planning. Um, we've got I know that we'll have dignitaries from around the world that will be there. Uh, to, to christen it as as we as we we welcome the public in, so we're we're ready. Um, if you don't know, just to give you a couple of stats on it, um, we are uh, located in Washington D.C. We're three blocks south of the U.S. Capitol, two blocks south of the Air and Space Museum, which is is the most visited museum in America. Um, it is four hundred and thirty thousand square feet of wonder dedicated to sharing the history, the narrative, and the impact of the Bible. And uh, we're just we we expect um, great crowds and um, our our single goal is to invite people to engage with the Bible.
0: You mentioned that this museum has been uh, the plans for this has has really been years in the making. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of this. Uh, the the plans for this museum of the
1: Bible. Yeah, it it began um, the 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 full construction process and planning process has been about five years in the making, and really our our board chair um, and the, is the president of Hobby Lobby His name is named Steve Green and had the vision for this project, and uh, it's exciting after these many years to see it. Um, Coming to life again. It's it's. I mean, it, it is a large. It's a global project. Um, there's been scholars all over the world who have poured into the content of the museum that you're going to see, and really is uh, there. You get to see some priceless artifacts. Um, you get to get immersed in, in uh, through the use of technology into the Bible. And there's great. There's a whole story, There's a whole floor dedicated to the the stories of the Bible as well so um yeah it takes you think about a museum this size so 430,000 square feet just to give you an idea of how big that is the the national air and space museum um, that i talked about earlier it's a little bit bigger than the air and space museum they recently opened up the national museum of african-american history and culture in washington dc and we are we're a little bit bigger than that museum as well so it's substantial. You think about the the mechanics that have to go into that, um, and there's just been a, there's been a lot of effort to renovate that building to get it ready for um, for you for all of all of your listeners that are out there.
0: The tell us about what we would find in the Museum of the Bible. Let's uh, let's just uh, take a, paint a picture for us as we enter and what we will encounter as we come into the museum and walk us through it.
1: Yeah, we love the the entryway is going to be an iconic piece in and around Washington D.C. So as you walk into the museum, you'll uh, on the left and right side of you are two 40 foot tall bronze gates that look like Genesis one from the Gutenberg press. Hmm. Uh, they're they're they are spectacular. They're actually they're uh, for the most part up. They're still kind of putting the trim around it, but they look spectacular. And you actually walk into a beautiful stained glass piece that is one of the oldest known fragments um, of Psalm 19 in in Greek. So you walk into the museum itself, um, and in the lobby it is lined with Jerusalem stone. Um, There is a beautiful floor um, that goes from, uh, so you, you see the Bible, you know, you're walking into the Bible, and you see the biblical theme right away. So it starts with dark tile with specks of light, And as you go towards the main stair, the grand staircase, um, it actually goes to a light pattern, and it's demonstrating that um, that biblical concept of going from darkness to light. Um, You will, if you look up as you go into the museum, you'll see a a um, 140 foot long, 15 foot wide digital ceiling. So it's one big screen. And there's all sorts of biblical art that will roll on that through the day. There may be Hebrew words that come up i mean it's just it's beautiful um you'll you'll hear as or as you go through the museum we've we've invested a lot in technology the The generation that we're living in now it's important to have technology at the center of what you're doing because of the, um that's how most people are learning now and um so we um You'll see that as a theme as you go through. So everyone that comes in will be handed a tablet to take with them. This is their their digital guide, and uh, you can load a tour onto your tablet, and it will take you through. Um, it will walk you to where you need to go. It actually we have indoor GPS. This is patented technology because a lot of you can't really get GPS inside of a building on a floor, and so it will actually show you within. Four to six inches of where you are in the museum. All of our exhibits are um, the the big word is geofence. It just means that it will recognizes whenever you're near it. So the very for you giving an example, the very first um, artifact item or exhibit item that was installed is the Liberty Bell. On the top of the Liberty Bell, there's a verse from Leviticus that's emblazoned on it. So as you get close to it, it will recognize that and it will actually give you more information on the Liberty Bell that's not on the placard in front of you. Wow! It so, give you a little bit of an idea, what you're what you're in store, what's sure. in store for you.
0: So you're not just walking aimlessly through a building with a a number of artifacts that maybe you know may seem um, you know distant, and we don't understand what they are. You really have utilized technology to help us engage with all of the 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 artifacts, the the exhibits, all the things throughout the the museum. Uh, you you have this. A really assistive technology to help you engage with it and understand.
1: Yes, and it also allows you as you go through. You can you can put in a username and password whenever you start with your your digital guide. If you want to go back later, if you you were thinking about it a month later, you want to go back and see something that you saw in the museum, or go back and reference it again. It'll actually you can log in and do that. Um, on the on the technology front, too, another fun one to bring up is we actually have a ride inside of the museum <laughs> so we we have to we have to make it fun. the Bible's fun. the Bible's engaging, and so we wanted to do that. so this is new technology out of Europe, and you'll be in a theater with a number of other people and um it's the the whole theater moves and it will make you feel like you're flying around washington d c seeing where the Bible is hidden in plain sight. So, in the Lincoln Memorial, in the Library of Congress, and throughout the city, it's about a three to four-minute um, journey, and uh, and it's where I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to take the kids on that one.
0: That does sound interesting. For a minute, I thought we were going to go a different direction. I thought it was going to be like a ride that simulates uh, Elijah and 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 uh, you know his uh, being taken up or something like that. <laughs>
1: Maybe maybe we'll use that one in the future, but no, not not this one. But we do have a whole. Well, speaking of that story, we do have a whole um, floor that's dedicated to the stories of the Bible to to help people understand the stories. So there's this beautiful. We have this. Uh, it's called the Hebrew Bible Experience, and it walks you through what what most what most Christians know as the Old Testament. Uh, for for our Jewish friends, it's it's their Bible. That to walk through from room to room and go through those major stories, so that. You can understand them, so you'll be, you know, Moses parting the Red Sea. Um, you'll you'll get to see the the twelve stones that Joshua set up. Uh, they went into the Promised Land. You get to see the fall of man. I mean, it's it's really a beautifully done um, piece. It was a, a design group that actually has done work for Disney in the past. And then the area that's been um, th- that we've been able to see the easiest has gone along is we actually have an entire. Uh, Nazareth village recreated inside of the museum. They'll have live character actors there, and you can see what it would have been like in first century um, Nazareth. The reason why it's important in, in telling this, understanding the stories of the Bible is a lot of the parables Jesus told went back to um, life in that time. So if you hear the verse of, um, it'd be better to have a millstone tied around your neck, you can actually see what a millstone would have looked like. Um so that's a it's a neat area 14,000 handmade rocks in that area.
0: Handmade. Wow. You you mentioned earlier the the size of the museum was it 430,000 square feet is that right?
1: Yes, sir. So 430,000 square feet.
0: How many floors in the the building and and let's work our way further through the building. You you've mentioned some just uh, outstanding exhibits and things that really intrigue me now. Uh so how many floors are there in the building?
1: Yeah, so there's eight altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh we do have we have temporary exhibits on the on the um kind of the basement level. Um and we haven't announced that we have some, some, some great temporary exhibits that are already gonna come in as soon as the museum opens, but we haven't announced those quite yet. Uh we talked a little bit about the impact floors, so the the first floor up. Uh, from the lobby is all about the, how, how has the Bible impacted America? How has the Bible impacted the world? The Bible in America section has this beautiful um, tapestry that shows the Bible through American history. We do have the original writing of the Battle Hymn of the Republic that's in the collections. Um, that's a fascinating piece, and the Bible was really at the core of it. You know, we sing it but don't necessarily think about the Bible's impact on it. Um And then you go into Bible in the world, and you get to see how the Bible has impacted um, things like fashion, uh, music, um, names, calendar, um, crime and justice, you know, in, in the justice system, the idea of having two or more witnesses is actually a, a concept that comes from the Bible. You get to explore those types of things. They're, it's, it, they're all, all those exhibits are in pods, and so you can go and, and really focus in on one piece at a time. Um, it's a neat, really high-tech um, area. Um, that's where the flyboard rides on that floor. Whenever you go to uh, the the next floor up is the narrative floor, and then you go up the floor above that, and and it's what you would expect in a museum. It's our artifacts. Um, we we have there'll be more than a thousand pieces that will be on display uh, for people to see, and um, really anything from Dead Sea scroll fragments to illuminated manuscripts to um, American Bibles and more modern Bibles. Um, then up from there, we have a, a unique partnership with the Israel Antiquities Authority. So they they hold all the all the, the things of Bible significance um, in in the warehouses there. So anything that comes out of the ground in Israel is property of the state. And this is they were very gracious to us, and they're actually going to have a museum inside of our museum with with things that have never been seen by the public.
0: Wow, that. Uh fascinating. I had the, the privilege of, of seeing some of the Dead Sea Scrolls while I was a a graduate student and you know, I'd studied a, a bit about them while I was in graduate school, but it was actually postgraduate school that I got to see them and and it, it was just I didn't realize how unique it is to to get to see something with such great history that and, and to be well preserved throughout these many years as well and to be able to see it firsthand, just fascinating. uh, Tell me about um, the the theater. I understand there's a performance hall in the Museum of the Bible?
1: Yeah, we have a brand new, it's called the World Stage Theater, and uh, it seats, seats about 470 people. Um, and it's it's got technology infused in it too, so we can change the entire look of the theater through environmental projection. Um, and if you were watching something on stage, someone doing a recreation of Peter walking on the water, we could actually make it look like a storm around you, make it feel like you were in the storm with him. Um, our very first performance has already been announced, and we're selling tickets for it now. And it it is um, Broadway's Amazing Grace, the musical. So it's coming, coming from Broadway. Um, great, great piece. Story of John Newton and the writing of the really the world's most famous hymn. Um, it's it's a great piece to see. Uh, another couple of things just to tell you about that. If you round out and go to the top floor um, of the museum, we have a. a beautiful view of the U.S. Capitol. It's an unobstructed view, so there's really not a better place in the city to go look at the Capitol, and you've got a great view of the Washington Monument. We have a biblical garden on the top floor, where you can actually be around vegetation from uh, the land of the Bible while you're up there. And then our restaurant, we have two restaurants in the museum, and as you'd imagine, they, they need Bible names, and so the coffee shop is called Milk and Honey. It's right outside <laughs> of the lobby. And then our restaurant in the on the top floor is called manna
0: outstanding so you can even every anytime you visit a museum you've got to have some nourishment a little nosh right and stop and have some uh, stop at manna or milk and honey have a little refreshment there outstanding what it what might there be for uh let's say for families with children maybe even young children how might this be engaging for them
1: well, in two ways. One is we do have an area dedicated to children, and so there's a whole kids' area on the first floor. Um, you can do things like you can tear down the pillars like Samson. There's there's hands-on games that you can play. There's there's one that we've actually gotten to play with that is um, you're trying to get Queen Esther to the king, um, and it's kind of a fun uh, retelling of that story. So that's a great area that, yeah, if you have a family, we, we welcome families of any age Um anyone of any stripe would feel comfortable in the museum um, the other thing too is for kids really starting about four and up um, we we have a special tablet for for children that have they have different content on them for, for the young ones so four to eight we have a different experience from uh, from nine to kind of older teenager um we, we worked with a company called Scarlet City, and, and they have, they have this, this cool Bible allegory that you can walk through. So it's, again, it's a different experience than from what the, the adults are getting, just because we have to engage the, we have to engage the smartphone generation a little different.
0: <laughs> what about uh, students of the Bible, maybe theology students uh, uh, or seminarians, those who, uh, who are really digging deep in the Scriptures? What might be appealing to them?
1: Oh, I think the the history floor certainly will be um, beginning to see things that you studied about up close and personal are are great opportunities. Um, we do have a demonstration lab up there that I would recommend anyone that's on that track uh, to check out. So even today, we are finding out new things about the Bible by using technology with um, with. Bible artifacts. So, I'll give you an example. We've got a piece in our collections called the Codec Klimaki Rescriptus. It was a a, a piece, you know, it's a book. So, uh, for, for those of you listening, that, you know, we were at scrolls and then new technology was turning it into a book form, which is just called a codex. Actually, it is ironic that we've gone from scrolls, and now we're back to scrolling all through the Bible on our phone, but anyway, that's, that's for <laughs> another, an- another, t- another time. Um, so, it, rescriptus means they just rewrote on it. The material was really expensive, and so what they would, what they commonly do is they would erase it, wipe it clean, and then rewrite on top of it. So, what you saw with the with your eye was writing from the eighth century. What we did is took it to, I think it was, it was, it was a um, prominent university. It was either Oxford or Cambridge and I'm I'm forgetting which one it was, but we, we took it through something called multispectral imaging and found underneath the eighth century text was text from the third century and it would have been Aramaic. And so we found um, a a good portion of the Gospels hidden, hidden underneath that, but technology brought it to the, brought it to the surface so we could learn more.
0: Fascinating. That's it. just outstanding. I'm looking at some of the images uh, on the, your website, tell us about the, the website and how that might be useful in preparing for a visit to Museum of the Bible.
1: Um, the, yeah, the website is, is, is where you need to go to get tickets. Um, so the admission to the museum is free. Uh, we are asking for a suggested donation um, as you go through, um, but you have to have a timed ticket uh, to get into the museum, so that's the place to do it. Um, this is real similar to again National Museum of African American History and Culture. They work the same way. Um, it just allows us to know who's coming and when they're coming, and they will go fast. So you can go to museumofthebible.org and get your tickets for that. Um, we also have memberships available there that if you if you want to skip the the big line, and you, a membership's a good way to do it. And then you can just you learn more about the Bible. You know, I think. Uh, I think going, uh, once you get your ticket, we encourage everyone to go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Every day uh, we uh, put out content about uh, the Bible, its history, and its impact. Uh, We have a a one-minute video piece called The Book that I actually think you all air. um, That's correct, 2.30. On Mm -hmm. on your station.
0: That's right, yeah, 2.30 on weekdays we air that here. So you can, go ahead.
1: No, we love we love being able to share that. So that's a good way to engage. And we have a lot more things, and we're thankful to um, stations like you, networks like you, who are helping us get out uh, information and, and help people engage with the Bible.
0: Well, that's certainly what we want people to do: is to uh, to to hear the Bible, to read the Bible, and uh, it sounds like a, an outstanding opportunity to uh, to dig into the history, and certainly, as you pointed out earlier, how the Bible has, has shaped um, uh, not just American history, but the, the world's history as well. The events, uh, the, the, I guess the, uh, the inaugural events, the, um, the dedication that's coming up in November, and then um, any other special events that are coming up to, uh, to mark the opening of the Museum of the Bible.
1: Um. On on the events of the dedication, we will. know yeah, we have. It's in November in Washington D.C., and so space was limited. So it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a private. I mean, it's yeah. It'll be. There's no telling what the what the weather will be at that point. So uh, we definitely encourage people to watch. We will stream those um, those. Um, events on Facebook. We'd love for people to watch that and and stay tuned as we announce the temporary exhibits that are coming in. Um, you know, s- certainly won't want to miss those and, and and make for sure that you get tickets to Amazing Grace. You know, we invite. Uh, this is a great family trip. It's a great. Um, another thing that we didn't really talk about, but I think is important, is we built the museum in a way that that we don't we don't ever endorse a. a, a Theological position as a museum. We're just presenting the history and impact and the narrative of the Bible, and so it makes it where um, you can bring any one of your friends to this museum. If you if you have someone who does not believe in the Bible at all but loves museums, we ask you to invite them. I have them come along with you. It is really a, it's, it's a it is a safe environment where anyone will feel comfortable.
0: You built this uh, this rather large museum in Washington D.C. I can imagine it was no simple feat finding space in Washington museum in Washington D.C. to to build a museum and now uh, creating this this presence really in our nation's capital to help people engage with the Bible to to understand its impact on our history and how it continues to to shape us as well. It's just quite an accomplishment. Tell me about the the people. We have just about uh, about two minutes left. Tell me about uh, those who have who have made up this. I know there there are a group of people behind this, and there are more people that are continuing to support the Museum of the Bible. Tell me a little bit about uh, who comes together to make up this Museum of the Bible.
1: You know, you can definitely look at our board. We we've, we've got a great board of directors, a board of trustees. Um, People like, we'll start our board chair, Steve Green, the president of Hobby Lobby, Ann Beeler, who's with Annie Hand's Pretzels, which is you know, a staple for anyone out there. We have Carlos Campo. Dr. Campo is the president of Ashland University. Um, Rick Warren's on our board. I mean, there's just a number of business people and, and people of great influence. So we're, we're really, really thankful to our board. Um, and then just all the scholars from all these different um vantage points who have, who have made the museum what it is. You know, we're thankful for the leadership of our president, Kerry Summers, um, who, you know, the museum wouldn't, wouldn't be able to be up and running today if not for his really, really diligent work. And then, you know we have hundreds of staff members on board now we have we have a number that we're still hiring um, to be able to put on a museum like this so we're thankful to our staff who have jumped on and and our hundreds of volunteers who are going to be on site in Washington DC to um, bring and Bible engagement to the world.
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, one of your newest staff who was a regular voice here on KFUO, the Reverend Dr. Jeff Kloa, now the Director of Collections Operations with Museum of the Bible, and uh, very very sad to, to see him leave us here in St. Louis and Concordia Seminary, but uh, grateful that he is a part of Museum of the Bible today. Hopefully we can catch up with him in the not-so-distant future and learn more about his work. Well, it is fantastic. Uh, again, the website is museumofthebible.org. Check it out to find out more about this uh, fantastic museum in Washington, D.C. My guest today, Jeremy Burton, Director of Communications, Museum of the Bible. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing with us, and congratulations on uh, uh, a very exciting grand opening coming up this fall.
1: Thank you. Look forward to seeing you all in D.C.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much. Coming up in just a little bit more, Faith and Family, we have uh, a number of things, some great music here in St. Louis to, uh, to learn more about, as well as an update from those who have been affected by Hurricanes Harvey and Hurricane Irma. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO.